0: Fangirl Happy Hour. Today, we're here to give a quick recap of our recent Finnish adventures, Anna at Non Worlds, and my own road trip to see John Scalzi on his book tour for *The End of All Things*. First, though, we're going to discuss some of the things we've been up to in fandom. Anna, hello. Hello. Hi. Well, hi. Why don't you go first? What have you What have you been doing?
1: What I've been doing. Okay, so first of all, this is not fandom related at all, <laughs> but. I just wanted to share this with you because it was so much fun. So this weekend, we just like decided to go away, me and my partner, like impromptu, let's go hike in Norfolk. I was like, fine. So find a cool place to stay. So I I literally Googled cool places to stay. And uh, I found this um, bed and breakfast, which is in a converted... World War II control tower that used to be an airfield where people uh, with um, the RAF pilots used to train in, the Norfolk, in Norfolk. And uh, so the owners bought this in 2010 and converted it into their own house, and they have two bedrooms as a bed and breakfast. But the entire house now is de- the decor is art deco style and everything inside the house is from the forties because they are huge collectors and they have been buying stuff on eBay and auctions. So every single thing, every single deta- detail inside the house is from the forties. And uh, so you walk in and there is like um a main drawing room where you can just sit and they serve you tea and coffee and, and everything. And it's just, beautiful and our bedroom was amazing and everything was green oh it's just it was just like the most adorable thing and it's also a vegetarian bed and breakfast it's kind of like everything that i love in the world was there and they dress up as well that's dedication
0: they, that there's they, some cosplay but, happening there's 40s cosplay but, no, happening. but
1: i don't think it's cosplay i think that's what they are
0: that's amazing
1: right I think they are really into it. They're really... Anyway, I felt like I was in an Agent Carter setting. That's my connection to fandom right there (laughs) with this story. Anyway, so... (laughs) So I had the most amazing time this weekend. And I was also working, but
0: let's not go Let's not... I can't believe you were on vacation and still worked. Yeah,
1: well, yes. But other than that, the only big news that I have is that today we uh, released revealed the cover for our last first contact story. Uh, it's the Vishakanya's Choice by Roshani Trusky. The cover is by Mia Serena who is an amazing artist and the stories were pre-order now. But I, I can I cannot wait for people to read this one. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It's your last oh, yes. story? The last it's, one? In the first contact season. Yes. Next month, we have a new story coming out, which is the sequel to Hunting Monsters from last year, which is
0: also really good. I really want to read that, like, right now, because I really loved Hunting Monsters. I loved it a lot. It was really good.
1: Okay. I'll give you a sneak peek. Sweet.
0: Benefits of knowing the editor. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So,
1: So, yeah, very exciting. Exciting times.
0: Well, all I've done, I've posted my Court of Fives review on Barnes & Noble. Court of Fives by Kate Elliott, who we had on the podcast a few episodes ago. I confused one of my friends, because on Goodreads, I gave the book three stars. But I reviewed it really positively. Positively. And she asked me, why did you give it away three stars if you liked it this much? And I'm like, for complicated reasons. <laughs> and I'm really like, this happens all the time. I keep, this is not the first time somebody's gone I'm like, why did you only give it this number of stars on Goodreads? Apparently, I'm the only one in the world who realizes that Goodreads has, like, their star rating. It comes with, like, a guide. Three stars means liked it. Yes. And apparently, everybody else uses star ratings totally differently. And this is why I find star ratings completely and utterly useless. <laughs> because apparently, uh, I'm just using the Goodreads thing. Like, didn't like it, it was okay, liked it, really liked it, loved it. That's their rating system. That's what their stars mean. If you hover them, that's what they say. I no longer well, trust star systems.
1: No, but people don't like three stars. They they associate three stars with a bad thing. But, like, three stars is still good, people.
0: Yeah. Especially for me. I'm a tough customer. And there's complicated reasons why I gave it three stars, which has nothing to do with Kate Elliott and how much I love her work, and more to do with the editing styles in YA, the category, the marketing category. hmm, I've talked to you about this before, right? Where I say that I feel like all YA work is edited to death, is edited so much so that the voice of the author is erased. Yeah. It has this really weird flat tone to it. The flow is off.
1: If I you handed it's...
0: me Court of Fives, if you handed me that book, Court of Fives, and said, read like a random chapter, and you didn't tell me who it was by, I wouldn't have been able to tell you this is a Kate Elliott novel. But with her adult work, if you hand it to me and I read it, I can tell you this is a Kate Elliott novel. But we don't know what the we, editing We don't know, is. but but I have this problem with all-way books. They sound the same to me when Unless I read them. They are...
1: Unless they are arty, if it's fantasy, if it's dystopian, yes, I can see the point. but if they are arty, like for example, you can't we can't say that bone gap didn't have a strong voice. no, it did, but but that's because that is not mainstream fantasy. So I think I, I think that y a that is like arty or darker or contemporary. Maybe the authors have more freedom to be themselves. Oh, we went down a road we, here. We really I did. Know.
0: We went down oh, a whole. This, oh. this can only lead terrible places at an hour-long discussion, which we're not here to do. Anyway, <laughs> I liked quarter fives quite a bit. I we got didn't. to the end. I got to the end. And I, was, I was like that's it. There's no more. Are you kidding? It was like, <laughs> listen. I have this sport. Like I have a like I have a cliffhanger, like scale, right? At the very top of the scale, you have, like, Patrick Ness and the Knife of Never Letting Go, which was the worst cliffhanger in the entire universe. <laughs> I don't know if you've read those books. Have you read nope. those books?
1: No, I haven't. Well,
0: if you ever read the Knife of Never Letting Go, you're going to know what I mean. Everybody who's read the book knows what I mean, and they're now screeching in horror, remembering the <laughs> terribleness of how- getting the end of that book and approaching that cliff and falling to the rocks below. But... It was, so, like, sort of in the middle, kind of, on this scale. It wasn't, like, Patrick Ness levels of cliffhanger-ness, but it was close. She's editing the second book right now. I'm going to be patient. It's fine. It's going to come out next year. It's going to be okay. But I was just like, I can't believe that's all there is. I was so, like, cruel, Kate Elliott, cruel. I liked
1: it. I liked how he ended. You liked It was how it ended. perfect.
0: It was yes. perfect. It was okay, it perfect. was good, except there was no more. No, it was perfect. It was perfect, it except for the lack Gino- of more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I guess the lack of more makes it a neat perfect ending, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, I see your point.
0: Okay, see, exactly. Exactly.
1: So, um, tomorrow, actually, we have a guest post from Kate on the blog about her writing... Of that story and how it has been inspired by history and myth making, and uh, even though the story is not about Cleopatra and it's it's not inspired by Cleopatra, it but it is inspired sort of by how history has looked at Cleopatra. So it's a really interesting guest post. You should probably read it.
0: I probably should. All have. of you.
1: All of you. <laughs> So, so we're yeah. actually
0: here to talk about
1: oh yes, let's yeah things we've
0: done we've <laughs> and eighteen billion years later here we go. So yes. do you want to go first and talk about Nine Worlds?
1: Yes, okay. So Nine Worlds is is a geek fest. For those who don't know, it's in its third year and it's it's usually in London at a hotel near Heathrow Airport, I think at some point they'll have to change venues because last year it was okay, but this year a lot of um, panels were completely full and people were just locked out of the rooms because they are kind of like really smallish rooms um, and I think the convention is growing quite a lot. The experience of Going to this con was completely different from the experience of my going to Comic Con, like we talked about in a few episodes in a few episodes back. This time it was amazing. This con it's really kind of like going home. It's so welcoming, and people are there obviously to have fun. There are so many things to do, so many things to see, so many. It's like it's packed back-to-back back with panels from, like, 9 a.m. to 10 p.m., and, like, several at the same time, and they have different tracks as well. They have really fun tracks. They have pop culture and uh, LGBT tracks and racing and culture tracks and all the books tracks and movies and and podcasts and fandom and fan fiction, and it's just... There's and Game of Thrones, like, you know, it's... Yeah, so it's massive in, in the way... with the the number of things that are available for you to attend, but it's not so big as to feel too crowded. It's really nice. And they, they really take care of the details. So you have bathrooms and toilets for all genders. You have a quiet room if you need to go and just take a breather and relax. When you get there... Uh you are you registered and you are pointed at a desk where there are pins that you can put on your on your top that says how wh- what gender would you like to be addressed as. Uh so you can pick one that suits you. There are also pins that say you can talk to me at any time or do not approach me unless I talk to you first. Only talk to me if I know you, or don't approach me at all. So it's and it's all color-coded as well. So those things kind of, like, make it very, I think, friendly to all sorts of people, to all of us. So, yes, the experience was great. And, of course, I met a few friends. So Minika, a fantastic librarian, was there. And she was lovely. And she was, like, my con-friend. So we were doing stuff together the whole time and having breakfast and having drinks. That was one night I stayed up until 1 a.m. Right? Right? i um... What? what? You? What is, what is even 1am? I, I, I hadn't seen that in years!
0: <laughs> wow, that's impressive. One in the morning for you. And after drinking three whole beers. Oh, God, Anna, why would you do that to your body? <laughs> the beers, not the saying sl- up late, the beers. Why? Yes,
1: so... But yes, I did that. It was great. (laughs) It was in the hotel. It's really nice. I liked all the panels I attended. They were informative. They were interesting. They were fun. They have like these really fun panels as well. Like, for example, there is one that they've had um, every single year so far. It's called, it's the big fantasy versus science fiction panel where you have three authors on each side and they, they fight against each other. So which one is better, fantasy or science fiction? And they they ask questions to the. Audience. It's just it's just fun, right? It's relaxing. It's fun. And this year fantasy won. So boo hoo. Anyway, but yes, and uh, yeah, it was great. And I met a lot of lots of bloggers, lots of authors. I brought some book smugglers publishing books to sell, and
0: those were your books, Secretary fiction, two
1: thousand and fourteen. Oh wow. I, I heard.
0: Of- I heard that uh, somebody got one signed. Somebody asked her to. to... Yeah,
1: Minika. Minika. Uh, someone asked her because Minika was just there, and she said, "Oh, I am in this book." And and the lady who was buying the copy asked her to
0: sign the copy. I was, I was like, "That's yeah. super. That's super cool. That's pretty awesome."
1: And so I sold nine out of ten copies. That's and then, really my, good. wow. And then my boss. Upon hearing that, asked to buy the last copy.
0: Thank you, boss,
1: yes. for your support. Yes. So it was pretty great. I had an uh, an amazing experience. Highly recommend. However, and there is always
0: a however. Of course, of course, there is.
1: Yes, uh, I've heard that other people didn't have that same good experience uh, for many reasons. Apparently, the staff at the hotel was they were very rude. To a lot of people and a lot of the staff actually uh, resigned because of the convention because there's su- such a toll into the into the hotel for some reason the, re- the hotel apparently is not equipped to handle that many people and some of the staff got really pissed off and they resigned which is you know awful
0: yeah it's awful but like i guess they were just more pop they're just they're just more popular this is the third year you said right yes and so this year they just got they did they're so successful and i've heard yeah. this before about non-worlds that they're really inclusive and yes. welcoming and like the and not not, the, not to pick on worldcon but like a last year when people went to both since it was in since worldcon was in london i heard a lot of people say it's like the, it was like the anti-worldcon yeah uh because it just this the different tone of the convention yeah, um, yeah it's... definitely aimed at like younger fans Yep. And so they've gotten so successful that they've outgrown their space. Maybe, yeah. Without I've... really realizing that they were going to be that popular. Yes. Which is not technically their fault. They can't help no, it. But like no. that, really, that really surprised me. They got People got mad enough to resign. Yeah,
1: I know. Uh, yeah. And the other thing that I noticed as well was something that was unfortunate, I think. So uh, basically on Saturday, they spent the whole day attending panels in the all of the book. Track. So they were, you know, all books panel and they were very good at gender parity at the panels. But I attended four of those during that day and all of them had only white people. Oh boy. And then I went to one panel on that same day, which was within the race and culture track and that was all people of color. And I'm like, so are we ghettoing? people of color into this track and they are not allowed to participate in the other. I just, what happened here? How, how did this happen? How, because they were all authors as well. So why were not they not, were they not invited? I, of course, I don't know how the organization was. It's just something that I noticed that the panels that I went that were not race and culture had no people of color. That was the only, that that was the one thing that I thought was kind of like jarring to me. Uh, I don't know if other people noticed that. I don't know if other panels, at all the books, it was just the ones that I happened to go that had only people of uh, only white people, but I don't know. So yes, but gender parity was pretty good. But yeah, so overall, the experience was great. There was also one thing that was quite weird, right? So, apparently, an author showed up, he is a white person, uh, showed up to a panel dressed as Ming, a Chinese villain, stereotypic Chinese villain from, I don't even know where that is from. And one, um, I think it was Zen Shou, the author, was at this panel and, sh- and um, she tweeted at Nine Awards and said, Seriously? What is this? And then later on, Nine Words apologized because Nine Words had actually tweeted a picture of said author dressed as Ming, and uh, and then the and then Nine Words apologized, and then the author apologized, and apparently Nine Words and then show actually had a meeting to discuss what happened. Whoa! Yeah, yeah, but you know, it was all sorted apparently really well and the colon apologized which is always good so yeah but all in all it was a great experience yeah I met quite a few friends lots of lovely UK folks there and Minika who is lovely and her husband as well
0: yeah you sent me a photo it was nice yeah I was like I wish I could be there yes one day, one day I'll make it. That's probably, the, that's probably when I come visit you. That's probably when I'll come. Yes. And we'll go yep. there together.
1: Yes, please, let's do that.
0: Well, in 18 billion years, <laughs> when I can afford it.
1: Well, you will have an open invitation, mi casa So
0: So just show up anytime. Okay. Bring your, bring your husband a signed copy of the Titanic poster.
1: Yes. <laughs> His favorite movie of all time. His
0: favorite movie of all time.
1: Scientifically accurate. (laughs) Oh, boy.
0: So, last week, I happened to go to see John Scalzi at his book tour that he's doing for The End of All Things. Yay! I saw him on August 11th. It was the first, like, the first stop on his tour was Memphis in Tennessee. I feel kind of smug that I get to see him at the very beginning before he's exhausted. (laughs) Yeah, that's yeah, really cool. Because it's like a seven, it's like a <laughs> seventeen day tour. I'm so sorry to everybody and him for the people like who have to see him like the very end. And apparently he's doing WorldCon stuff too at the very
1: oh my god
0: end as well. I'm like, dude, what the hell? Please sleep for a week after you finish this. So it's about Memphis is an hour and a half away from us. So we drove and we had lunch and then we went to the event and I tweeted a bunch of pictures uh, from my Instagram account. I've been to book events at this place before. I think I've seen, I've seen John Scalzi there before. I've seen, and I've seen Cherry Priest as well. I did not ask any questions at this event. Number one, because it takes me some time to like build up to questions. And number two, it's because somebody else asked a question and just totally flustered me. But the event was good. He read from his new urban fantasy called The Dispatcher. It's going to be a novella put out through Audible first, and then go, and then it's going to go to print. So it's going to be audiobook first, and then print.
1: That's interesting. I didn't, didn't know about that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's new. He just finished it. And he read us the first chapter, which we're all sworn to secrecy about. It's really good. It's really good. I really liked it a lot. But we can't talk about it. We all agreed that we weren't. We we, we would not talk. We would not discuss the details. But it's it's real good. So oh, everybody cool. can just suffer until I guess <laughs> January, whenever it comes out. He read from that. He read some other pieces, some like a, from a humor column. He read a piece um, from whatever, which he did last time as well. Uh, all his writing is just really good. Halfway through the like, well, like not halfway, but like like through his like reading, we were at a, it's a bookstore, right? It's an independent bookstore called The Bookseller, Booksellers at Laurelwood. And they're, they have like a little bistro. And he was trying to do this reading and somebody starts making a cappuccino. And it goes on and on and on. And He was going to wait until they finished, but it just kept going. So he <laughs> starts reading, and it gets louder, and he's like, really? <laughs> oh, it was really... It shouldn't have been as funny as it was, because, like, like, after the event, Zach tweeted a picture of a cappuccino at him. <laughs> Your cappuccino is ready. And I was like, okay, well, that's funny. And I just found it really amusing, because, like, the way he said, really... <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: I just enjoy him like as a speaker anyway. He's very well spoken. Uh he played a little girl's ukulele, which was super cute. It was not in tune, which was sad, but it was yeah. it was really cute how he got it. She brought it up to him and he tried to play it. And I was like, Oh, that's sweet It was such a cute little ukulele too. Small. There was other like other stuff he talked about was like T he-, he answered some questions about T V and movies. Ie, I'm ne I'm probably never gonna get like at the rate Hollywood works. I'm never gonna get my old mentor series ever <laughs> for any reason. I can just. I should just like. They've optioned Lock In, which is gonna be interesting. Mm. Yeah, like how are they gonna cast it? Do you know what I mean? Oh. He didn't normally talk about that, but as he was talking about his TV like options, I was like, how are the? How are they gonna make Lock In work? Like, are they? They're gonna just have to choose. I guess. Yeah.
1: Or get someone that could be either.
0: It's really I don't even know how it's going to work. But it's really, it's like it's, it's the same thing with like well, people. Well, because op- the, char-
1: the character is always in bed, right?
0: Well, the, the character himself, yeah, maybe. It's a but, but it's a, the ancillary justice problem, right? How do you how do you film ancillary justice as a TV show or a film? Same issue, right? Yeah, it's complicated. Uh, so yeah, that well, was well, so was... you
1: get like androgynous people yeah i mean
0: i mean it's probably it's probably doable but it's just really interesting in our culture right now where gender is so binary binary
1: yeah
0: that how would they like how are they like how is hollywood who's a very like can't can barely handle giving trans people trans roles you know like how are they gonna handle that stuff so that's an interesting he we didn't it wasn't discussed i just my brain just went there uh. So then he did a he did a Q and A, which is is this a this part? Like I have to like build up to asking questions, and I did want to ask him a question. I wanted to ask him about like, com- like potential comics work. Um, okay. I didn't get to ask him this question. There's a reason. So as I'm building myself up to ask the question, there's a dude sitting behind me, and he basically raises his hand and goes, "Hey, can you explain what the hell happened with Hugo's?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, god damn it! <laughs> I'm never gonna escape the fucking Hugo's." So then. <laughs> He literally spends 15 minutes of his Q&A time explaining the Cugos and the sad puppies to the dude behind me who can't use the fucking internet. I'm like, who admitted? He's like, I don't know. I don't really use the internet. I'm like, dude, I just wanted to turn around and be like, go to file770.com. Mike Glower has done all this work for you. What the hell? Like, I was sitting in the front row just like, oh, I'm sure the expression on my face was not happy I was like, seriously, 15 minutes of this nonsense? I did not need this. And I just got so frustrated and flustered. I just sat there like, I can't even ask anything now. I can't. I'm so annoyed. And it's going to come off as annoyed if I ask a question. I'm going to be that asshole. Oh, man. Yes. The Hugos followed me to this event. They followed me.
1: I bet you'll be answering that question seventeen times at least.
0: I don't I'm just like I was so certain. I'm like these people are all old, most of them. And they get- don't care they don't know about the Hugos and they probably don't care. It's gonna be fine. I was super naive. I don't know why I thought that. Yeah. What a mess. Well, it's this week, but let's not no okay. We're not gonna yes, it's happening. Oh. It's happening yeah, it's and it's coming. gonna coming. It's coming. It's torn us. Yes. <laughs> just, there's apparently going to be... They're apparently doing... I was going to say we can
1: see the light at the end of the tunnel, but maybe that's too optimistic. No, it is,
0: because there's going to be so much wank. Because... Yeah. Did you know that they're apparently doing, like, a pre-live show with, like, the host no. of Radio Free Scarro? Like, they announced it on the Hugo side. I was like, they're going to do, a, like, the pre- and post-episode, like, pre- and post-ceremony discussion, I guess? I'm not sure how it's going to work. I was like, okay, I guess that's fine. I'm not I don't know. I guess. Okay. I'm just like, you really want to draw more attention to this ceremony. That's going to be super awkward. awkward. <laughs> Who knows? So yeah, the, the event went well. Uh, I recorded the Q and a section. <laughs> so I have like you, cause it's, I have my recorder. Like, Zach was recording on his phone for me. So during the, like the Hugo question, you could like hear me like shifting. Cause I'm so fucking <laughs> upset that I have to listen to this crap again. I'm just, I'm being stalked by the Hugos I'm being stalked. Anna. <laughs> Want, just want a break, just a small break from the 2015 Hugo uh, puppy crap. It's never gonna happen. You're right; it's never gonna happen. No. But one of the last questions he answered was by a. Uh, she was in the back, and her Twitter username is uh, Geese Juggler. And she asked a question. Basically, she asked, like, do you like when you read your friend's work? Uh, do you ever feel like jealous, or do you ever get mad that they took your like the quota of talent? And he gave a really good answer, and it was really funny. So and I thought I could play that clip, which, because it's pretty hilarious, I thought.
2: No. No. <laughs> There's no way to answer that without sounding horribly, horribly egotistical. <laughs> so, are you going to... Don't tweet. I was like, oh, jeez, Scalzi. I mean, A, I presume most of my writer friends are really super talented because they are published, one, which not always, but is usually an in- indicator of at least confidence, right? And also, quite frankly, I find that writers who are often very interesting as people are the type of person I find interesting. Part of the reason I find interest- them interesting is because their brains are interesting, and they come out with interesting stuff. So of course they're going to be super smart and super talented, right? Now, the other thing is that very long time ago I realized that Brains and talent and everything else is not actually a zero-sum game. Let's say you're super talented at something, right? Uh, which I'm sure you are. You're wrong. It doesn't mean that I'm not talented in my thing. If you were, if you are a writer or were a writer and you were super talented at writer, as a writer, that has absolutely no bearing on my own skill. And frankly speaking, the marketplace is large enough um, that. Mm, Writers do not compete. I do not compete with China Mieville. I don't compete with N.K. Jemison. I don't compete with Larry Coria, who is a, a sad puppy person. All of us have our fans. All of us have our sales. Um, there's lots of overlap between you know, writers. Some of my fans are N.K. Jemison's fans. Some of my fans are Larry Coria's fans. Who knows? There might even be people who are N.K. Jemison fans and Larry Coria fans. Um, it could happen. And uh, so just to think of it as somebody else's success takes away from your own success is awfully reductive, a little silly, and kind of sad. So, um, I don't tend to, to think about it. And the the other reason uh, is, you know, and I want my friends to do super well. I want them to be super talented. I want them to be successful. Um, because I like my friends to do good. I am the anti-Morrissey. I love it when my friends become <laughs> successful. The other thing is, is that also, quite frankly, what how do I have to be jealous of? I'm rich! I'm a New York Times bestseller! I've got a, I've got a Hugo, and I got three, you know, and a Locus Award, and two Sion Awards, and a Kurt Laswitz Award. I won an Alex Award this year. Nobody knows what an Alex Award is. I won it, you know? <laughs> what do I possibly have to be jealous of? You know, Ernie Klein just got, you know, a seven-figure deal. For a single book. You know, he's the guy who wrote Ready Player One and Armada. So his next book, he got mid seven figure deal for a single book. You know what I think? Rock on Ernie Klein. You know, good for him. And not sitting there going, well, that's bigger than my deal. Who cares? (laughs) How much would you have to be? You know? uh, it just comes down to if I'm in a place where I'm jealous of anybody else, given the absurdly fortunate conditions of my life. I've got a banner. (laughs) I've got a banner. I've got 60 people or whatever. How many people are here tonight showing up to hear me blather. And then I'll go somewhere tomorrow and different people will show up. And I do that for 17 days in a row. If I'm not like sitting there going, thank you, Jesus for every bit of things that, that happen to me, and I'm an atheist, I'm an idiot. I am the last person on the planet to be jealous of anyone. So independent of the fact that I want my friends to do well, independent that I love that my friends are talented and awesome, independent of all that, if you ever see me jealous and envious anyone give me the largest ration of crap that you possibly can because I deserve it and that's all I'm going to say about that
0: so I like his answer to that question just because I feel like it's going around in Phantom a lot now that it's there's this feeling of competition between writers and filmmakers and people who produce podcasts because there's you know, people only have so much free time, yeah. And it can easily feel like a competition because there's so much stuff out there. It's really easy to get get upset and frustrated with people you like because you feel you feel like they're taking attention away from the stuff that you're doing. Yeah, but I, yeah, but yeah. I really liked his, but yeah, but I really liked his answer because where he said it's not a zero sum game. Because
1: no, it's it was a nice answer. Actually, It was like friendly and nice
0: yeah i agree it's no it's like no secret that i find him like a really logical and easygoing personality to yeah follow he's very accessible yes for like 101 people so this idea that that riders are in competition with each other or like somebody sent me a comment a few weeks ago going i'm really behind on your podcast i've been listening to these other ones i'm I'm, you know, I'm really sorry. Don't be upset at me because I, I, I'm behind. And I'm like, why would I be upset with you? You're listening to these other these other podcasts, and I know the podcasts they they listen to. They told me what they what their names were. I'm like, I love all these podcasts. So like, it's why would fine. I be upset? It's fine. They're a really good podcast to listen to. Please listen to them. Like, I think two, um, uh Reply All, uh, and then Criminal Show. All good podcasts. <laughs> To listen to. So definitely, yeah. So I don't... Yeah, that whole, I, that whole idea that that we're in competition with each other as creators is just, just really... It seems really toxic to me. That's where we are with the puppies, right? That's yes. exactly where that leads, that whole idea that if well, you get if, jealous... If I don't,
1: yes, and if I don't have an award, and if I don't sell as many books, and if I don't have acts... Like everybody, like those other authors, and obviously there is something wrong, and um, yeah, it's so, weird. Yeah, yeah, I don't get it. Don't and these coming from highly popular authors as well, so I, 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 I it just and makes it's like, everything dude, like, more
0: especially, weird. To me. Especially, especially yeah. authors who are like making an actual living, dude.
1: Yeah,
0: like uh, uh, I, I am unemployed and have no job, and you're sitting there complaining about not winning an award when you yeah. have income. Really? Well, when you are actually, well,
1: the people like this, they are not even complaining about not not being nominated. They will be, they will complain about not winning the war because some of them were actually nominated before.
0: Ugh. So. oh, you know. That's how yeah. I feel about that.
1: It's like recalcitrant children, please.
0: Yeah. So, the children. But, yeah, but the event oh, was really, really fun. Yeah, it was really, really fun. I had a good time.
1: It was, yes, it was just... we were almost talking about the Hugos again, weren't we? Yeah, we, yeah. we were
0: going on that path. I'm like, we got to redirect us. Got to redirect us. Yeah. So no, yeah. the event was really, really fun. And um, I got, I got several books. I spent, all, I spent too much money on books. I <laughs> um, bought The End of All Things. I bought Lock In. I bought The Agent of the Stars. His first, yeah. like the the novel we talked about, the, his practice novel that he published. Yeah, uh, I bought you a copy of The Android Dream, so you can read it. And actually, when I send you that book, I discovered when I put my books on my shelf and reorganized them, that I have two copies of Zoe's Tale that are signed.
2: Oh. I have a
0: hardcover version and a mass market paperback version. So I'm just going to donate that mass, the mass market to you. And oh, you can... my God. I mean, it's got my name in it. So, sorry. That's but right. I'm going to give it to you to read because I love Zoe's Tale. It's really, it's really good. I think I of it so as nice. like his proto-Y novel, sort of. Okay.
1: Right, fantastic! Thank you.
0: So I'm gonna send those to you. The 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 Enterprise dream, though, uh, it has your name in it. I got a sign oh. for you.
1: Oh my god! So did you introduce yourself to Scully? Did you just say who you were? Yes. Did you tell him about your
0: review? I did. I did. Yeah. We discussed oh, yes. my of we discussed my use of the word rollick, and he said that. Like he liked it because that's the term that the puppies use to describe the top of science fiction that should be winning awards, getting nominated. And I'm like, uh, well, that's what you write. So they're a little off because you write rollicking science fiction, like space, like science fiction, so, space adventure. That's what you write. That's sort of your. So, wheelhouse. According,
1: so according to the Hugo's, you should be to the puppies, you should be winning Hugo's.
0: Yes, they can't have that John word. Scalsy. That they can't have. They cannot claim the word rollick. I refuse. <laughs> i'm reclaiming it for for, for uh, people who are not jerks and then we did it again <laughs> hugo's again
1: yes oh my god it's awful every it's time
0: like... and i just can this be over
1: yet it's like a gravity thing so it keeps pulling us down to it oh
0: god one more week and then the, the, like the one more week the awards will get announced there'll be a lot of drama and then we can just go we can just Everything can calm down. We can go... Well,
1: we will, we will be recording a whole episode <sighs> about it,
0: so. I'm sure we're... I'm just... We're... Yes. Nobody's gonna want to listen to that, because it's just gonna, gonna be me crying.
1: Or <laughs> laughing, like last time. <laughs> anyway! Anyway! Go back, Renee. Go back.
0: Uh, Zach got... He has this game that I bought him for his birthday called Super Fight. It's really hard to explain this game in a concise way, but basically you get a character and then two attributes, so you'll, like, get, like, I don't know, a kitten... Who can eat planets, um, riding a dinosaur, some or something, and then you pair it with like another character and two attributes. So a gorilla flying a helicopter, uh, who, <laughs> uh, with who's dr- drank five like five five-hour energy containers. So and then you make them fight, and both both contestants have to argue which of the characters are going to win the fight. And then there's like a judge and the judge, I guess, picks whoever they think wins the fight. It's really, it sounds really goofy, but it's a really fun game. It's really, it's really interesting to play it to see who's going to win. And so I got this game for Zach and his, he had one of the expansion packs I got him had a blank card for a character and a blank card for an attribute. And he took, uh, he took it to the event and he got John Scalzi to sign it. So now I have a John Scalzi, John Scalzi card. And Aww. the attribute card is, like, sarcasm so snarky that your head literally explodes. Awesome. <laughs> and it was really... No, it's was really fun. I I was really delighted that he did that. Because, I mean, That's Zach, awesome. Zach does read books. He does. He reads. He's just really slow about it. So he was like, I want to read this book before I go to this event. It didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> but I read it, so it's fine. Yeah, we had a good time. And then we... And then we we went. We drove home, and that was it. And it was. I won't see Scalzi again probably f- until next year. No, because we'll be moving soon. <gasps> oh yes. To Portland. I mean, I guess he always goes to. He goes to Portland for his events. So I'll probably see him, but it'll be a while, I assume. But Portland has tons of book events. Yes. So I get, to, I get to meet a lot of a lot more authors. It's so weird living Ooh. here. Like, people are like, yeah, I go to author authors all the time. But, but, like, here, I never get to do that sort of thing. Because it doesn't happen that much. But well, soon, I, you'll be able to. I think, I mean, if and like he does a little, like, St. Louis tour for Ancillary Mercy. Oh. I will go see her. Because I saw her last October when she did her little St. Louis tour for Ancillary Sword. And I got a lot of signed books when I went to see her in St. Louis. So hopefully she'll do that again. Cause I mean, she lives in she lives in St. Louis, so it's not like a it's not like a countrywide tour like Scousy's doing. No,
1: it's a it's a, but, oh, no, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah,
0: so she lives in that area, so hopefully, fingers crossed, she'll do some things in her
1: her local bookstores. Yes, yeah. and I'll okay. be
0: because it's only a four-hour drive to St. to St. Louis from here.
1: Only, of course
0: uh yes your country fits inside my state
1: <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> sorry that we're so big over here but that was my that was my adventure that was my um, finished adventure of last week so all in all we had great adventures then we did it was a really good time sounds like both that's of us had a good time which was good because yes. you deserve to have a good time definitely yes and you too of course both of us well yes. uh my my event was not preceded with misery and whoa in the form no, of london that's comic-con true.
1: that's true Plus, our listeners also deserve to hear something positive from us.
0: (laughs) Sorry about all the Hugo aside. we apologize. (laughs) And we'll we'll be over it in like two weeks. I regret
1: nothing, to be honest.
0: (laughs) Two two weeks. Two weeks and we'll be over the Hugo stuff, we promise. Yeah. Until, you know, December when we bring it up again. Okay, that's it.
1: Yeah, goodbye from us.
0: Fangirl Happy Hour is Anna Grillo and me, Renee Williams. I am also our producer. You'll find links to some of our discussion topics and our show notes at FangirlHappyHour.com. You can email us at FangirlHappyHour at gmail.com. You can find us on Tumblr and Facebook at Fangirl Happy Hour. One long word, no spaces. Thanks for all your likes and reblogs. You can chat with us on Twitter at Fangirl Podcast. This week's question... If you could attend any convention in the world, which would you choose? Special thanks this week to John Scalzi for allowing us to excerpt his book event on the show. You can buy his new book, The End of All Things, at your favorite book retailer. This week's 20th Century book recommendation is Gowdy Night by Dorothy L. Sayers. Our music is by Boxcat Games. Our logo is by The Very Talented Era. You can commission them at justera.tumblr.com. For both myself and Anna, thanks for listening. See you next episode.